Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Well, hello everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Um, our little introduction failed to play, but we'll take care of that post-production. Today, my special guest joining us from Toronto, Canada is Stasa Michaels, and we'll be talking a little bit about dreams, about nightmares, and justice. Stasa sees life as a spiritual journey with dreams as a tool of the soul which puts you in touch with your unique purposes and talents. By meeting obstacles and developing your talents, you attain wholeness in slow and sure steps. The goal is wholeness rather than perfection. Like vibrant notes in a simple song or a symphony, each adds their gift to those around them, yet participates in the whole show. Stasa invites you to explore your dreams, saying, I have analyzed dreams from age 19. I know dream messages bring answers, you see, heal emotions, and help you achieve your best life. Stasa Michaels has a BA from McGill University, an MA in psychology from the College of William and Mary, and an MA in transpersonal studies from Atlantic University. She carried out three research projects on the nightmares of trauma victims with PTSD, has taught dreams in college, and gives seminars. And she is the author of eight dream books and one true crime detective novel called Justice Plays Roulette. For more information, you can visit Stasa's website, which is uh, interpretadream.com. That's interpretadream.com. Okay, with that, I'd like to, with that, welcome to Stasa to the show. Good day. Hi, Robert. How very nice to be chatting with you today. Thank you. It is my pleasure, and, and dreams is one of my favorite topics, um, and I, I just can never get enough of it, so I'm really looking forward to it. And, and you have quite an extensive library of, of books you've written, and, and so anyway, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. So oh, before we forget, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm, oh, uh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It is a special day. It's always special to have a birthday. But you know... Dreams are probably one of my favorite topics, too, and all things mystic as well. And it's part of the journey, part of our spiritual journey, a very important part of our spiritual journey. Edgar Cayce, for example, says that getting in touch with um, our soul self and our understanding of who we are, one of the best tools we can use is actually dreams. And one of the misconceptions that people have and you probably are aware of this, is that it's hard to understand your dreams. But I want to tell you that understanding dreams is easy. And it's, from my point of view, it's kind of like as easy as learning to drive a car. Yeah, you do have to notice where the controls are. You learn a few basic Mm -hmm. rules of the road. You practice a little bit. And then very soon it becomes automatic. And I think the same is true for dreams. 
Yeah, we know. One of the things I, before we even jump into the dreams, um, you, um, in the introduction, um, I mentioned that uh, one of the things that um, dreams do is keep you, get you in touch with your unique purposes. And, and for some reason, you know, multiple purpose, you know, popped out at me because so often I've, I've heard people like, I want to know what my purpose is and making it singular, you know. So um, anyway, I, I just thought that that was, um, you know, that's just worth mentioning point. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great point. Yeah, I, I do think we can have like an, um, a broad purpose like, okay, we can be healers, but then you can heal in a hundred different ways, or we can be a teacher because we like to share what we know. Uh, but then we can have very specific ways of of uh, manifesting that and of bringing that into the world and into our own lives. But I totally agree; we can have more than one purpose. Yeah, it's uh, um, you know the one thing I think that you know. To remember, you know, is that you know we we do have that, and that there, you know, like you talked about healing, you know, the, the fact that could be the overriding, you know, um, purpose, you know, but again, it can manifest in so many ways. Um, but I think you know, if people kind of look at what they have done already or what brings them joy, you know, um, they can maybe uh, find the similar spread amongst the, you know what they've done to maybe to get to recognize that healing you know is really what they're here for and then maybe oh, that's other okay. ways to, to okay. well so now dream we look you, we look for the means. joy yes we look for the joy <laughs> and that leads us to our, our purpose i agree with that yeah so now this has obviously um, been a, a, a focus of yours you know for for a while so when did you you know kind of recognize the importance of dreams and, and kind of make this something that, you know, is a, is a big part of, of your life experience? Well, it's kind of interesting because um, I just remember that when I was young in our family, when we had family dinners, you know, at family gatherings, my mom used to tell a story. You know, um, she and my dad had run across Europe during the last, uh, during the Second World War, and they had um, carried only what what they had on their backs for a year, mm-hmm. and then finally got to a refugee camp, and they had to stay in that refugee camp for five years before uh, they could find uh, a, a country where they could go, which was for them it was in Canada. But my mom used to tell the story of how she had no connection with her family for those five years because of the war. There was no mail and, uh, of course, no telephones at that time. So one night she had this dream of her favorite younger sister. She was one of, I think, seven siblings. And her favorite younger sister in the dream met her outside the door of her house and said to her, I'm getting married. And my mom was so happy. She said, oh, great, I'm coming to the wedding. But when she went to go through the door, the door closed and she couldn't go to the wedding. And when she woke up, mm-hmm. she was very happy, but, but also very sad. And so 
she marked down the date that she had the dream. And a year or two later, when the nails began again, she got a letter from her sister. And that turned out to be exactly the day that her sister got married. <laughs> and I, was, I remembered that story. So as, as a teenager, you know, um, I kind of remember that story, but I wasn't into dreams. But then mm-hmm. I, began to have, I began to have these amazing dreams myself which then um, made me wonder what it was about. I would, I would pre-dream something that was about to happen, and then it would happen. And, of course, Edgar Cayce, the famous mystic and uh, seer in Virginia Beach, said that we do amazingly pre-dream everything important that happens to us. And I think I was kind of very intuitive in my younger years and maybe still, but I began to have those kinds of dreams, so that caught my attention. And then the major turning point came when one day uh, I decided to read Carl Jung's book, Memories, Dreams, and Reflections, and it's still one of the great books about dreams and about life and understanding ourselves. And when I finished reading that book, I was so inspired because he talked so much about how how meaningful dreams were to learn about ourselves, to learn about life. So now, Robert, now this is a story that still knocks my socks off when I remember it. That that very night when I finished that book, I said, okay, now I'm going to start to remember my dreams and write them down and study my dreams, just like Carl Jung did. So I went to sleep that night, and I was I was very excited. You know, it was like an adventure. I was very thrilled. Mm-hmm. So a few hours later, in the middle of the night, I woke up screaming with the worst, most horrible nightmare I ever had in my life. And it was a nightmare about I was climbing these large stone steps in a big old haunted old mansion. And at the top in the attic was that very old lady behind a, a big wooden door. And I knew that if I dared to open that door, that lady had an axe a large hatchet in her hand (laughs) and she was going to kill me with it. And for some reason, I still, I just had to go up those stairs. I had to open that door and when I did, there she was and sure enough, as I'm screaming and waking up, the axe comes down on my head. So, that was my first (laughs) real conscious encounter and awareness of working with dreams. And now, you can be sure, Robert, I had no idea what that dream meant. And what a start. And what a start. But you know what the amazing thing was? As terrifying as it was, and I, I was sweating and, and trying to scream, just within a minute, this great kind of calmness and peace came over me. And I didn't understand the dream, but I knew that something very good had happened. 
And I went back to sleep totally calm and totally happy. That to me was equally amazing when I look back on it. And see, now I understand that when I decided to really explore who I was through dreams, I was opening the doors of my unconscious self. And I was still very young. I was, you know, barely 19 years old. So what did I know about myself or my unconscious? So the nightmare was my own self, my own psyche, inner voice and soul self saying to me, okay, this is going to be quite a journey. Are you sure you're brave enough? Are you sure you're strong enough? Are you sure you want to do this? And because I kept climbing the stairs and dared to open the door, what opened was the doors of my unconscious. And then, what you know what else was interesting, Robert, is that at the time, there really weren't a lot of seminars about dreams. Mm -hmm. And there weren't a whole lot of books about it the way there are now. Because that was a few years ago. Uh, Okay, Uh, it's my birthday, but I'm not telling you how old I am anyway. But anything over over 40 is ancient, as anyone who's 20 will tell you. So I'm definitely in the ancient, ancient but happy range, yeah. So, but, but I did then later understand this dream was, was a great, uh, welcoming into the unconscious. And I never was afraid of looking at my dreams again. How do you like that? Wow. That is, that is definitely, uh, an opener. Now, you know, in that story um, is, uh, you know, that that catalyst of of reading uh, of reading the book, um, uh, mem- memories, dreams, and reflection. You know, that seemed to be like like you're indicating the catalyst, kind of to get in, getting into that. Now, a lot of people um, say they don't dream. You know, but. You know, we know we do dream, and and the, the key element in in that is the recall of the dream. So now, like in in your example, you know, up to that point, you know, up to nineteen, you know, I mean, other than the you know the grandmother story, I mean, dreams were not necessarily something you pay attention to. Right, right, exactly. Okay. So, yeah. so, how do people do it? Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, so, you know, right now there may be people listening who have not paid um, attention to more just kind of, you know, written them off as just dreams, you know, as being insignificant. Um, so Good point, yeah, good is, point. Is, is, is there, um, um, are there things that contribute to recalling dreams, you know, or, you know, or maybe even preventing recall of dreams. So uh, the idea is, I, I would think, you know, I mean, dreams are, to me, I too, I love dreams. So, you know, I, I <laughs> encourage them. But I, I do go through cycles where I don't. And I, you know, it's curious that that happens. Well, okay. That's a great question. And there's many layers to that question and answer. First thing that I would say is that, I think that one of the main barriers or ways to connect to dreams and our inner self is exactly that curiosity, that interest, that enthusiasm. Once, you know, 
our minds are kind of like a flashlight. Wherever we point it is where we then, you know, see a pathway and we see the light and where we go. So until we get interested in dreams, we may not notice mm. them. So anything that then opens your interest to dreams and to an enthusiasm for it, it might be an incredible dream that you have or a nightmare that you have that suddenly says, oh, I should maybe pay attention to my dreams. So that's enthusiasm, I think, is a main thing. Um, the other thing, and, and I think it is normal, as you say, sometimes we go through times when we dream more or a little bit less, but things mm-hmm. that can get in, in the way of remembering dreams is sometimes a lack of sleep itself. Um, or sometimes anxiety can stop us from dreaming, or it can do the opposite and bring us a lot of dreams. And another thing is that um, for some people, even certain medications can get in the way of dream recall. And one more thing I would say is dreams is kind of like having a pathway to an inner garden, an inner garden where you meet your true inner self. Uh, We can call it the psyche. We can call it our inner self, our intuition, or our soul self, or all of the above. But to get that pathway to connect to that that connection, we also have to occasionally spend some quiet time. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that allows us to unplug from the outside world and from our daily concerns. Now that can be taking a walk or listening to music. But we have to connect to that inner self a little bit. And usually that takes some quiet moments. What do you think? Yeah, no, I yeah, I guess I agree. And, and you know, and as far as um, the the curiosity and enthusiasm, and, and even though I was lack of sleep and things that you can kind of dampen that. And so um, now, can, can I tell when, can I tell you a, a sure. quick story about someone Please. Mm-hmm. how they how they came to pay attention to dreams? You know, one of the scary dreams that people have is is of a loved one who dies. So one lady kept having these dreams that her teenage daughter, who was, I think she was about 16, her daughter was about 16 at the time, was driving a car with friends, with three or four friends, and the car crashed and everyone died. And she didn't have that dream once, she had it three or four times. And she kind of thought about it and said, well, maybe I should talk to my daughter, tell her to be careful not to drive in a car with friends or, you know, be sure that no one is drinking Mm -hmm. and all of those kinds of things. But she kept kind of shrugging it off and saying then, you know, she'll think I don't trust her or whatever. Well, Mm -hmm. very sadly, very sadly, it actually did happen. Mm -hmm. It It was a dream that was about a true ESP dream about the future. And her daughter was in a car with teenagers. The car crashed and her daughter died. But you know what I found so moving that so touched my heart when, when I spoke to her? If she had come to a seminar on dreams and she said as much as painful as that was for her, from then on she would always watch her dreams because in case there was a message that could help someone else or herself, 
she wanted to get those messages. So that was a very mm. painful way to to pay attention to dreams, but it was a true story. Yeah, my goodness, yeah. And, and see, the thing is, you know, behind that, um, I think, is kind of a dilemma that we may sometimes have regarding whether the dream is, like, precognitive, like that particular example, or, or is it, um, you know, is there ever such a thing as, like, a, a dream for entertainment purposes, you know, only? Um, or or, or do, okay. do they always have meaning? <laughs> well, for my, uh, from my experience, I will say that all dreams do have meaning. And... Okay. Other than if you're having a fever and you're very sick and you have those kinds of, you know, feverish dreams, that aside, right. I, I, I do think dreams, pretty much all of them have meaning. And there is a way to recognize a true warning in a dream. And these are the signs that I tell people to watch for if it's a true warning. First of all, the dream is very often much more intense much more vivid and clear than a regular dream. Secondly, it often recurs. So you don't have the dream once. You have the same dream with about the same story two, three, four times. Another thing is that the details can be very true to life, like it's your actual daughter, it's the actual car, it's the actual street where they drive. Because most dreams are more like metaphors, they might mm-hmm. be people that we recognize and things, but they're they're mostly not true to our daily life. And then there's also appropriate reactions. If you have a dream about death, you won't be laughing. In the dream, you'll be terrified and you'll wake up scared. But you're absolutely right. Let me give you a, a second example that shows where it is more of a metaphor rather than a true thing. Another mother had a dream where her daughter had a car crash and was taken away in an ambulance and she woke up terrified thinking that her daughter was going to die. But this mother had the dream and she was in touch with me. So she asked me, what do you think about that? What does it mean? And I said, well, let's look at the story. It's a story about someone who who sees a terrible crash, something that's a huge change. But at the end of the dream, an ambulance had taken her away and the doctors were there. So her daughter didn't die. She just went through an extreme um, experience of some kind. So I said to her, okay, if it's a metaphor, then let's ask the question, has your daughter gone through some... some um, very large changes or intense experiences lately that might have left you a little bit shocked. And then she said, oh, amazing that you say that. She said, as a matter of fact, her daughter, she and her daughter were very close. Uh, her, her, she and her daughter, her, her daughter had married someone and they had bought a house just blocks away from her mother, so they still continue to be very close. And then suddenly, the husband had a job transfer to the other end of the coast, to the other end of the country. So 
So for the first time in their lives, they were now about to be separated. Mm. So that was like like a crash, a crash into a big change that shocked the mother. So in this example, it was a metaphor. And that's exactly how I would say is if you follow the the five steps that I outline on my website, which you can get for free or any of my books, you the first thing that I always say is see the gist of the story and the storyline and first see, take it first as if it's a metaphor. See if it can apply to your life in any other way as a metaphor rather than as something that's true because there are true warning dreams, but they do tend to be rare. Most dreams are metaphors. Does does that shed any light on those questions? Oh, it it, it does. It does. You know, and um, it's you know one of the one of my big. Um, I think one of the challenges that some people encounter when it comes to understanding dreams is is the use of metaphor or symbolism. You know, in dreams that uh, that. It, that it um, takes a little bit of um, inquiry, you know, in order to be able to um, kind of get get to the understanding of it. But uh, but I, 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 my thought is is that that is the the way of the mind, you know, kind of just um, showing kind of like the bigger picture, kind of what's behind the scene, kind of making forcing one to to recognize what's behind, you know, that life situation and, and what the metaphor is trying to teach them, teach us. Right, 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 right. And, and when it comes to these metaphors and symbols, um, for me, symbols is kind of not the first thing that I look at. In the first thing I always look at is the story and the storyline, what's the gist of the story. And then afterwards, we see how that gist might aligned with something in your life. And then I look at the symbol, but the question for me about symbols is, I love Freud's association method, <laughs> and I think that uh-huh. that was brilliant. This is, it still works, it still applies, which is like, for example, if you, if you dream of um, what's, what's a favorite animal, you know, is it a raccoon, is it a... Is it a puppy or a kitten or a beautiful bluebird? Say, okay, suppose it's a bluebird. When was the last time I saw the bluebird? Okay, I was walking in the park, and I rarely see a really blue bluebird, and there it was. And it made me feel so happy. So I would say, okay, the bluebird reminds me of something that makes me happy. What was I thinking when I was walking in the park that day? Ah, I was thinking about my mother's passing, how she had died two years ago. And I was sad, and that bluebird made me very happy. So then I would say, okay, is then a bluebird reminder of my mother? And then all the things, all the wonderful things that she brought me in my life. And that's how I would bring that, that symbol back into something in the present. 
Um, now, here, here's one thing. Now, I don't know if you might have a short dream that you remember. And if you do, um, we could, we could mm-hmm. try my five steps, or I could just say people can look that up on the website. Well, you know, it, your timing is impeccable. Um, we're, we're about to focus the show, <laughs> so I want to I take just a quick 90-second break because um, I do want okay. to invite listeners, too, since we're streaming live, that if they'd like to call in with you know, any particular dream that they would like to talk about, um, the number to dial in is 619-789-4359. Um, and then we may have... Um, questions from people in the chat room. But uh, when we come back, um, if we have a caller, that will be great. If not, then what we'll do, I really did want to go into that five-step dream analysis technique that you have on your website because, you know, just in highlight, you know, people can go in and read more. But I'd like to highlight the the five steps because it's, it's a wonderfully easy and logical way to approach it. So let's do that when we come back, okay? Wonderful. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is joining us from Toronto is Stasi Michaels, and we are talking about dreams. We'll be talking about nightmares and justice pretty soon. Um, but if you want to find out more, uh, you can visit her website, which is interpretadream.com. Now, Stasi, uh, I did notice on your front, the homepage of your website, that you um, invite people to get a, you know, an initial free dream interpretation. Correct? I do, I do, and I love it when people send me in a dream, and I'm happy. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. I just want to let listeners know that 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 was available. Um, because, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've run across some that it's like, oh, I would love to have a different point of view <laughs> you know, this particular one. So, okay. Yeah. So, now, I, again, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned also on your website that you have a um, 
five-step dream analysis technique. Um, and again, people can go to your um, your website, uh, interpretadream.com, you know, to read about it. But I'd like to, if you wouldn't mind, share just kind of the the high level, kind of what each step is in in, in its process. Okay, okay. Let me just share a like a one or two line dream, and we can kind of apply it very fast. Perfect. For example, suppose supposing there's a young man who's dreaming that he's outside in the summer night and he's trying to catch a, a firefly and he just keeps trying and he just can't seem to do it so he gets frustrated so finally he just sits down he's very quiet and as he's quiet a firefly comes up to him and he catches it okay so now these are the five steps First of all, we look at the feelings. How did you feel during the dream and when you woke up? Let's say the young man felt frustrated during the dream and when he woke up, he was still puzzled. Then the most important one is the second step is the storyline. and That's like finding the gist of the dream. And that that is like saying, okay, supposing for this this young man's dream... The storyline is someone, when someone tries very hard, they don't accomplish what they want to, but when they stop trying, they accomplish it. Or another way to say that is someone lets something come to them. So you see, the storyline kind of summarizes what's going on, but it doesn't use the words like the summer night or the firefly or the sitting on the grass. And mm-hmm. then we take that we take that gist and we say, okay, how does that fit into your life? Okay, what is it that you're trying to do that's frustrating you? Would it work better if you stop trying and just let it come to you? And that could be a relationship, it could be uh, some um, applications for a job or, or for job promotion or something like that. And then finally, we would look at the next step would be to go to the symbols. Okay, let's take a firefly. What would the firefly mean to you? It reminds, supposing it reminds you of uh, summer nights when you were young uh, and went to summer cabins with your family and you always felt safe and secure and strong. So does feeling safe and secure relate to anything about the story? Maybe you're trying too hard and getting frustrated because you're feeling insecure or afraid. And if you just let yourself feel secure, it'll come to you. You'll relax and you'll work it better. So that's how by then some of the message should unfold. Hmm. Well, and yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know, and it, it's one of the couple of things that are that really stuck out that are important. I think is when you talked about you know basically starting with the emotions and, and feelings because 
Um, you know, I have gone through, you know, that's the one thing that I tend to pay attention to is when I wake up is, you know, how, how I'm feeling. What, what is it? What is this I'm experiencing? Um, be, um, I had one years and years ago, um, about, um, a haunted place, you know, that, uh, that I was actually going to go to visit one time. Um, and in it, um, a ghost child <laughs> grabbed onto me and like wouldn't let go and, and I was like, oh my, every time I fought it, I clinched harder. And, and, uh, then finally I just, just came into my head, you know, this poor thing just needs love. Once that I kind of like sent love, um, it let go. I mean, it was, if I woke up still feeling that <laughs> child gripping around my chest. And I mean, it was just, to me, that was one of the, the most, um, emotive <laughs> dreams I've ever had. Yeah, no, that's an amazing dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this child was wanting love, wanting love. Mm-hmm. And that would be the question then. What is it? Is there something in me in my early life that needed love? Was there someone around me who really needs love? And all of those, only the dreamer can answer. Right. Yeah, and that's that's also the other point I wanted to make is that, you know, the really the symbolism and everything is is completely unique to the individual to what they how they view the object or the symbol that being presented oh, hallelujah. In, in <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah to that yeah you know yeah for some person um roses are wonderful symbols of love because they get them on valentine's day but to another person who just went to a funeral of a loved one where there were roses on the casket, then roses to them mean sadness and sorrow. Absolutely, yeah. totally, we have to go back to our own association and memories of that symbol. Totally agree. And that's why yeah. I always say, I don't, I don't like dream dictionaries for that reason. <laughs> they, they, they can't tell you what symbols mean to you. Right, right. Now, the only thing they they might do is be able to help prompt, you know, you know, like uh, if they that give a, a, a list, you know, they give a list of things, and it's like, oh yeah, no, this I think this particular one, you know. So I mean, they, but yeah, I, I yeah. but it's really important yeah. to identify what which particular meaning that is. Um, now. I want to shift a little bit to nightmares. You have two books, one okay. called Nightmares, and one oh, yeah. Nightmares Are Your Friend. So yeah. uh, t- tell us um, your perspective of nightmares. Well, the thing is, I do think that all dreams bring you a very helpful message. And for the most part, I see a nightmare as a regular dream. But its message is hiding behind a scary mask or a costume. And it's hiding behind a scary mask because something in the dream or something in us has become afraid or anxious. And our own fear and anxiety is what becomes that mask and that cloak. It's kind of like if you're looking, you're sitting on your porch and looking down the street at midnight, it's very dark and there's not much light. And you see this animal starting to kind of run towards you. And the animal can look very scary because it's nighttime and it's dark. 
But as it comes closer, you see it's a friendly dog. So that's what I say is nightmares really do have a helpful message, but very often it is a painful message or a scary message. And that's why we kind of tend to push them away. But as soon as you find the message, it's kind of like releasing this medicine, releasing this healing, releasing this energy that really opens you up and helps you. So now I can I can mention yeah. about three different kinds of nightmares, but I don't know if you want to go into that or not. Well, <laughs> Just yeah, we have time. We have time. We have time. Okay. You know, because I think that's a. It's an interest. I think an interesting topic. Again, you know, like you say, it's quite often. You know, there's a lot of there might be fear underneath it, and you know, for people who are experiencing it, you know, um, it might be helpful to recognize you know different types. So yeah, please share that. Okay, so so one very common type of nightmare is when you have a genuine anxiety or fear, for example. Um, a woman who's in a relationship that's very rocky at the time, and um, but but her religious upbringing doesn't really um, sanction divorce very much, and she doesn't want to have mm-hmm. divorce in the family. So she has a, so much anxiety, can't live in the relationship, but it's just tearing her apart. So she tends to have a lot of nightmares. For example, she'll have a nightmare about. Um, a bomb underneath the bed or things like that. Now, those are based on true anxieties and true fears. But the message sometimes can be, okay, notice your fear, notice your anxiety. Uh, you do have to deal with it. One way or another, we have to make decisions and we have to cope. So sometimes it's just a mirror of our feelings or fears. And then there's another kind of nightmare that. Um, makes me laugh because I call it nightmares that confront you about you. And this might be the most common, the most common kind. Like, it's feedback about our own limitations and faults. And why is that scary? It's because the ego doesn't like to be confronted by our own shadows. However, our psyche, our inner manager and soul, sometimes does need to trying to flashlight on our secret faults and shadows because by getting in touch with them, we, we overcome them. Otherwise, they hold us back. So we have those kinds of dreams so we can kind of name those limitations and thoughts and then fix them. So an example dream would be, okay, um, if I have a dream about my sister and I going shopping, which uh, she and I will often do, um, and she loses her temper. She gets very angry and whatever the reason. Now, I might say, oh, okay, well, that sounds like my sister. But, um, however, most dreams are about you. So the dream wasn't about my sister. The dream was about, okay, how am I being bad-tempered or short-tempered? What have I been doing lately that is um, showing my anger where I should be patient? So that's a confrontation about myself or about oneself and our limitations mm-hmm. and faults. And then we have to go on to it. Now, another kind of nightmare, which is the actual true warning, 
and we talked about that a little bit earlier, so we'll move on from that. Then there's, there's kind of, those are what I would call the, quote, normal nightmares, if there's such a thing. But then there's the uh-huh. other kinds where it's even a little bit beyond them, where sensitive people, um, artists or people with very sensitive natures, can often have a lot of nightmares. And they don't even realize it's because of their own sensitivity. For example, at one seminar, a man came up and said, I keep dreaming of all these people and, you know, they're they're shot and they're all banged up and bloody and gory. And I said, oh, you know, what do you do in life? He said, well, I'm a bus driver. And, well, God bless him. He just had such a, a sensitive, caring nature he could see the pain and mm. sorrow on all, all the people who were coming out to his bus. And in his sense of nature, that was kind of, he was taking that on and seeing it as mm. nightmares about, about people. So, and artists often have um, nightmares. So, so it's just being aware that if you're sensitive, you might have nightmares. But again, there, there can be ways of dealing with that. And then, of course, there's, if you have an extreme life challenge, you know, people have extreme failure and um, they think it's the end of the road and they're close to suicide, they might have some nightmares or addiction or being in prison. So extreme circumstances and life challenges will bring you nightmares. And of course, that brings us into like traumatic nightmares, post-traumatic stress and nightmares. And that's one of the things I did a thesis on, in fact, two theses on that. If you have a trauma one of the side effects can be having nightmares. And it it just means that the emotions are still trying to cope with the pain. You know, that can be whether mm. it's a hurricane destroyed your house and you have nothing left, or someone was raped, or uh, the trauma of war and combat. Combat veterans have a lot of nightmares. So those are the kinds of nightmares that are out there. Wow, there is quite a range, and you know, I can. Um, if I'm going to have one, I'll go ahead and have just a genuine average. But you know, but but you know, it can. You know, I mean, they can really be um, frightening. I mean, you know, they, I think being an understanding of them, you know, kind of neutralizes fear. You know, I would think so. I, I I love that statement, yeah, because that's something that I try to get across is see it's more about frightened dreamers than frightening dreams. If we could truly be open and not afraid about our dreams, we would have very few nightmares. Now however, the the thing is we're all human so we're gonna have our fears and anxieties and true warning, so there will always be some nightmares. And we just have to mm-hmm. kind of keep keep the faith that there's a good message and a good reason for it underneath it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things I, um, was I was reading about your, you know, what you do in your, in your book is that you talk about um, the, um, that there's, oh shoot, what was I, um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. Um, 
Anyway, well, let me let me just um, go back to there was there are a couple more things I want to talk about before we close. Um, one of them is lucid dreaming, and the other one is justice. <laughs> you know your your book that was oh, oh um, thank you for that. Yeah. Completely uh, completely different. So first, let's do yeah. um, lucid dreaming. Uh, you know, you may have heard of lucid dreaming. What what is it, and is there a benefit to to that? type of dream or dreaming okay oh well lucid dreaming is kind of almost a specialization in itself a lucid dream is when you're having a dream and you realize that you are having a dream so it's kind of like you're asleep but you also almost wake up and are conscious in the dream so mostly we're unconscious in the dream but in the lucid dream you become conscious you become aware that you're dreaming now, there's there's a lot of, or, or there's at least a, a few books written out there about lucid dreams. My main point about lucid dreams is is something that the Tibetans called it the dawning of the true light, the dawning of the clear light. In a lucid dream, there's many different levels. You can start to fly around, do all these different tricks, but the real point is you're looking for the light. There's always a source of light. It can be a sunlight or something very shiny. And if you stay conscious and aware enough, but also very relaxed enough to approach the light and get there without waking yourself up, that light can be transformational. It can transform you in some way. It's like an instant healing where like 10 sessions with a therapist or something that heals your soul. But for most, but the, the, the hard part is to stay calm and approach the light. It's as if the light itself is an experience of um, grace and the Godhead itself as a hint from the Tibetans. And that brings me to another very quick point that I'll make is that not all dreams are dreams. Some dreams are actual experiences, but we remember them as a dream. For example, when you dream of someone who died and it feels very, very real, well, that might have been a real visit, which is easier to kind of connect to while you're asleep and not distracted. But you remember it as a dream because Dreams are your only vehicle of memory during the night while you're asleep. So that's kind of a connection to both lucid dreaming, which might be more mm-hmm. of an experience than a dream, and yet it's mm-hmm. also a dream level. Wow. And that brought me back to what I had slipped um, from thinking. Um, it was that, you know, you have one book called Five Reasons to Use Your Dream. So yeah. my question was going to be, um, how how does one use one rather than just experience it? How is how does one use one's dream? Ah, uh, um, can you rephrase that? <laughs> um, um, well, you know, let, let just, I, 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 I guess maybe sure. I guess maybe it's the it's the idea of 
taking your dreams and then making something of them, you know, kind of that interpretive and then apply application and okay, okay, and change. Uh, okay, um, well, five reasons to choose your dreams. Well, okay, let me kind of take a step back here and say, um, dreams come with a purpose. Okay. A dream may mm-hmm. come to change you, which would be like a catalyst dream. It may come to heal you. It may come to help you with a decision. It may come to um, enhance your creativity, or you can even practice something in a dream. So I call these purposes, but that goes back to 27 kinds of purposes. And my book, A Dream Guide, which lists 27 kinds of dreams. So... In five reasons to use your dreams, I kind of list five main reasons um, that, mm-hmm. for example, you know, dreams can help you with your creativity. They can give you glimpses into your future. They can help you with decisions. They can help you with relationships, which are all, uh, they can help us find our own purpose and sense of self and who we are, which are all main reasons that we dream. But huh. it goes yeah. Yeah. Uh, way, way Beyond that, we could get into a whole other mystical level of dreaming, <laughs> as well right. as very practical everyday reasons. Very yeah. practical well, everyday you reasons. Know, you can ask a question, re- get an answer in your dream. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted people to recognize that that was also one of your books, and then if they're also you know Thank you. wanting to kind of get a glimpse into reasoning. Uh, now we only have about five minutes left, but. Um, I want to give our interview justice. <laughs> so your latest book novel, a true crime, a true crime detective novel, Justice Plays Roulette. Um, gosh, tell us about tell us about you know what it's about, and, and, and you know this is uh, different from what you've done. Well, thank you for that. Well, one of the things that you know most people don't know about me, unless they're in my close of family and friends, is that I worked at a police department in Virginia for 10 years. And um, I worked as an analyst, you know, with my background in psychology, with three degrees in psychology. And it was an eye-opening experience. I, I didn't know anything about police or police departments. And I came to see the good, the bad, the challenging, uh, and all of the above. And I made some some wonderful friends in the police department, including some homicide detectives uh, who who remain friends to this day. And one of them, you know, one came to me with a story and said it was the most amazing case that they had ever heard. And when I heard it, it's like chills went up my spine and I said, oh, mm-hmm. I need to write about this. I need to write about this. Now, so this is a true case. And as I say, the three elements, a murdered bride, four confessions, and a jailed cop. But the thing is that I was there in the department when a lot of this happened. I saw and um, have notes and have all kinds of sources that gave me all of the inside information and background of all about this case. And the story is kind of both 
gut-wrenching, but also shines such a light on understanding people, understanding motives, which to me is always important, understanding how life works, how police officers work, how police departments work, and the healing as well as pain of all of that as as a topic that's very important these days in America and around the world. It is. It is very much so. And and um, I, I love on your website, on the page about it, you have all of the pictures that really makes you want to you know, dive in and, and learn about the story. So it's it, and it's wonderful that you had that that um, chills affirmation or confirmation that that was something to do. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it took a, a long time to research. Research mm-hmm. the many trials, read all the transcripts, research um, people and interviews with people. But it's, it is a totally fascinating story. It is. And thank yeah. you for mentioning that. It's, it's a true, mm-hmm. something truly close to my heart. Uh, I, I came to respect police officers, even though I also came to see that yeah. there's certainly bad, bad apples. But many right. of them and most of them truly do their best and want to do their best. Yeah, yeah. That's what we need to keep in mind, too. So, well, mm-hmm. this has really been a delight, Stasse. I'm, I've, I've enjoyed our conversation <laughs> very much. So so now, before we close, do you have maybe any final words you might want to leave the listeners with? I just want to encourage people. I really do think Dream analysis is easy. If you just look up those five steps, try them out on a dozen dreams, you may shock yourself as to how much insight and help you get from your dreams. And That would be amazing. And go to my website, send me a dream. I'm so happy to hear from you. Thank you, Robin. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I look forward to kind of keeping in touch. So thank you for your time today. And again, happy birthday. And and I hope your next year ahead is is a wonderful one. Thank you so much. Bye for now. You're very welcome. Okay, everyone, again today, my special guest joining us from Toronto has been Stephanie Michaels. And we have been talking a little bit about dreams, a little bit about nightmares, and, of course, justice. So you can find out all about that by visiting Sfasse's website, which is interpretadream.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, 